0: Why, hello, hello, hello. Say hello. And if you would, please give me a sound check. And would you? Give me a sound check. There we go. Thanks. Okay. Today I'm going to do something a little bit different. I found a fun, interesting... uh, Short article. It's called The Yarn of Failing to Quit Smoking, an Account of My War with Chantics by Benjamin Davis. It's about a seven minute read. Dr. Lee is a startling woman. If I stood in the middle of a field with my mother on one end, a smile and open arms, and Dr. Lee on the other, rolled up newspapers in each hand, and they both said, Come here, boy, without a second's delay, I'd bound my way over to Dr. Lee. Not for safety. Not for comfort or health. Certainly not for a good ear scratching. I'd do it out of pure, primal fucking fear. So when she told me it was a time for me to quit smoking, I had a horrible realization. I was going to have to ghost my doctor. I tried to quit smoking only once in 12 years. I went to a hypnotist. He told us it was okay to fall asleep, so I did. I lasted two days before I dug a half-smoked cigarette out of the ashtray at Papa John's. It's the best goddamn cigarette I ever had. When Dr. Lee told me to quit smoking, she didn't blink. She never blinks. She looked at you like she's daring you to run. Do you have eye drops? I asked. No. She held my gaze across the office. It was such a tiny office. Ah, okay. I I just had Lasix, so my eyes are, like... Your eyes are dry because you smoke. Oh. You need to quit smoking. Hmm. Well trying to focus on something other than her eyes. Nose was flat, no moles or discolored patches. She wore no earrings, no makeup, no necklace, nothing. Even her hair was pulled back so far you had no choice but to stare into those relentless eyes. I don't know if I'm ready, I said. You're ready. She turned to her computer and started typing, fast and brutal. I looked at the keyboard and saw that seven or eight letters had been stripped away. I doubt she noticed. She never looked down. I've been smoking a pack a day for 12 years, I muttered. She knew this already, but I hoped it might elicit some sympathy. Mmm, she said. I waited in silence while she typed, cringing as the keys broke down beneath her hard fingers. I'm prescribing you Chantex, she said. It might make you vomit, and your dreams will feel real. She handed a slip of paper, and, well, she didn't smile, exactly. She lifted the corners of her lips at both ends and showed me your teeth I took the paper and I ran truth is I love cigarettes I love everything about them the smell the taste the way they hold you at night run their fingers through your hair I tell you the world doesn't really mean it Jantix took this from me it bit a chunk out of my brain and replaced it with wet sawdust the best part turned out to be the dreams and I shut my eyes at night whole new worlds merged dystopias really They were post-apocalyptic scenes, crushed cities, dirty and overcrowded train stations, walls, armed guards. In one, I was a camp counselor in an Arctic outpost, protecting children from polar bears. I failed. In another, my brother was driving us somewhere. We crashed into a tree. When I stumbled into the woods, there were people around, fires, selling rusty wares and coughing a lot. There was a tunnel and it was cold. In another, I was I was searching for my best friend at a party in a room with no windows and no exit. There was a couch, a nice leather one, but no friend. Never found him. The dreams were all dark, all lonely, all full of loss and panic. No one ever blinked. I was back in Dr. Lee's office a week later. I said, I don't want to quit. I meant to sound firm, like my father telling me to pick up my room. I failed. I'm going to up to Dowsage, she said. She turned her attention to her computer. Three or four new blank keys, it appeared. There was no F, no U either. I had a vision of Dr. Lee alone in her office typing, fuck, 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 over and over. It made me feel a bit better. But then I noticed the C was still intact. I wondered how she dealt with stress. How did anybody? How do normal people deal with stress? I asked. She paused, her typing to listen. Still didn't look at me. Like I continued... I don't know what to do when I'm frustrated or stressed or angry, sad or anxious, not to mention hungry, full, happy, tired. How do normal people handle problems like life and stuff? And when when I'm around, people need to escape. What am I supposed to do? I just can't be that weird guy who goes outside and stares at their hands. People understand when you're a smoker. Better to be a smoker than that guy, you know? I mean, what do I do? Dr. Lee spun gently in her chair, her face softened or she was defeating a yawn. I thought she might try to place a hand on my leg. I flinched. Cigarettes are your best friend, aren't they? She asked. I thought about the man I call my best friend, a wonderful man, someone I would do anything for and would do anything for me, like a companion with whom to have endless fun, a man I could confide my deepest secrets to and still all my trust in, a man I truly love. No, I told him Dr. Lee, it's okay, I know. She leaned forward again. I flinched, but she just said, they're always there for you, right? Mm. And they take care of you? Yeah, they won't ever abandon you. They're safe. Uh-huh. It's okay. Okay, she leaned so close that her voice went soft like she was trying to put me to sleep. They're your best friend aren't they, she whispered. His name is John, my best friend. He has red hair and can drink a Guinness like nothing you've ever seen. I looked into her eyes. I saw the upper part of her eyelids slide down just a hair. Maybe she could blink after all. Yes, they are my best friend. She might have cooed gently or just sucked air into her front teeth before saying, I'm telling you that you can't see your best friend anymore, huh? I felt a deep sigh well up in my chest. Let it out with a relenting, hmm. Dr. Lee snapped back into a straight-seated position. Her eyes were violent, little black-and-white discs. They are a bad friend, she snapped. She turned back to her computer, and I sank into my chair. They are a bad friend. They want nothing but bad things for you. They're killing you. She tricked me. My reflexes were slowed by the stress. I walked out of her office with a prescription doubling my dose of Chantix and one for anti-anxiety medication. For when you miss your friend too much, she had said. I started to ask people how they managed their stress without cigarettes. I don't know how they felt about this. Probably not good, but I was desperate. Two weeks on Chantix means the nicotine receptors in my brain were thoroughly smothered. Anti-anxiety medicine wasn't doing much. The most common advice I received was masturbate. Instead, I ate four pounds of smokehouse almonds. I was no denying that Chantix did its job. It took me down to five cigarettes a day. Even those didn't feel right, like calling an ex-girlfriend late at night and getting yelled at by her new boyfriend. I tried to masturbate, but it, it didn't work. Trying to masturbate when I didn't want to felt too much like trying to smoke on Chantix. It made me sad. Not before I was supposed to go back to Dr. Lee, I dropped my last dose of Chantix. It was an accident, really. They rolled under the table, and that was, like, really far. That night, I had even stranger dreams. I wasn't myself. I was just some guy who lived in a rustic old beach house who was having a family party, and a bunch of goth teenagers showed up and lounged on the verandas, smoked cigarettes, made fun of me for being so lame. That dream guy was lame. Not me. He drank excellent wine and laughed really, really loudly. I'd drink Budweiser and then test my sobriety by trying to blow musical notes into the empty lip of the bottle. When I woke up, I found my last Chantix on the floor beside the table. I threw it away. I knew it was the last Chantix I'd ever see. Am I even broadcasting? Okay. On the way to the clinic, I smoked and loaded my revolver of arguments. The same arguments I've been using for years on. Friends, family, concerned doctors, rude strangers. One. You can't quit unless you really want to. And I don't want to. Two. According to this online survey I found, smoking takes nine years off your life. While being unhappy takes five years off your life. I'm okay losing those four years. Three. I've got excellent genes. My family smoked for decades, and everyone is still doing well. It's all about the genes, really. Four. I'm going to start using the electronic cigarette more. It's it's better, you know. Five. still got five to ten years before the damage really starts. Six. I know the Chantix works, so when the time comes, I know I'll be able to do it. I sat across from Dr. Lee. I hadn't said anything, but she knew couldn't look at her. At least 15 of the keys on her keyboard were now blank. The C was among them. Then, just to break the silence, I said it anyway. I can't do it. I love him too much. I started collecting my defenses while I waited for a response, and then she spoke. She didn't argue. Didn't rip her man. Didn't deny me my choice. She only said, you're going to die. Hmm. that's that. Hope you enjoyed it. All right.